Now, John's going to bring up John 16, 33. I want to read this to you. This is Jesus speaking. These things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. Everybody say peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Now, it, it, it's an amazing thing. Some years ago, Brian Zahn, Brian Zahn at Word of Life is a good preacher. I, 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 there's probably not a better preacher in St. Joe than Brian Zahn. Okay, he, the Lord just give him, uh, gifted him mightily with just a good mind, okay? Uh, they're going through some things that that pastor's got to get worked out. Pray for him, okay? Don't judge him. Pray for him. Does everybody understand that? Okay. But he, he preached a message some years ago, and, and the message that he preached was, you're either going in tribulation or you're in tribulation or you're coming out. And uh, that was a good message. I never forgot it. It's, it's been, and I thought, you know, that's, that is so true. That is so true. Uh, we are either going in tribulation or we are in tribulation or we're coming out of tribulation. Now, now understand something, people. The devil is real. And he's very active. And he's trying to mess your life up. And he's trying to mess my life up. He wants to put his hand in everything that you do. Now, it might be that you... Do not feel him attacking you because you are living very close to the Lord. And, and I, so I'm just going to speak from my heart today. Uh, got this message last night. Put it together this morning uh, in my prayer life. And uh, Jesus says something. Now, here's the first thing he says. These things I have spoken to you. And I look at that. Here's what he spoke. Verse 23, he said, ask the Father anything in my name, he'll give it to you. So he said, yeah, these things he said, I've spoken to you. He said, ask the Father. In verse 23, he said, ask the Father anything in my name, and he will give it to you. So, so listen to me. There is no reason for you to walk around in defeat. There is no reason whatsoever for me to walk around in defeat. If I can go to the Father, and Jesus says I can, if I can go to the Father and ask him anything, he will give it to me. Anything. That's what it says. And then in verse 25, he spoke this. He said, I tell you plainly of the Father. So he said, now here's what I'm telling you. I'm telling you plainly who God the Father is. And I'm telling you plainly you can trust him. You, he'll move in your life. Ask him. Everywhere you go, there's ministry. Everywhere. I don't care where you go, there's ministry. Doc Shell preached a wonderful message in our conference. I think it was here in St. Joe when he preached it. And he said the kingdom of God resides within you. He said, so everywhere that you go, he said, if you're there, people face the kingdom of God. They really do. 
Coming back last week from Council Bluffs, we eat in a, a restaurant because Henry got this idea for some reason. He wanted to eat there because he remembers something in his past that they had a good burrito. If anybody likes burritos. I You do? Yes, she needs prayer. Okay. Henry and Kathleen need prayer. Burritos. And so we stop in there. And, and when we got in there, here's something that we realized. It really wasn't for a burrito. There's ministry that's going to take place in this restaurant. So we get this waitress. Now, there are four couples in this church that we go out almost every Friday night. And it's been, it's been uh, named date night. And we leave a certain sum of money. And we take that money and we put it in the middle of the table. And then after we have eaten, we call the waiter or the waitress over. And we bless them in the name of Jesus. And we ask them if they have a prayer request. And if they do, we'll pray for them. And you'd be surprised what God does. It's, it's totally amazing what God does. And so when we, we, we got into this, this restaurant, we got a hold of this waitress. And uh, I don't know so much that she did anything special, but we decided to bless her. We decided to put a, a sum of money out there and bless her. And, and so she came and I can't remember if it was Jill or if it was Nancy that handed her the money and said, here, we're blessing you in the name of Jesus. And uh, do you have a prayer request? And she started sobbing. And she said, uh, I have diabetes. And she said, I need healed. And so we prayed for her. And, and what was so amazing is that in that restaurant, and there was a few people in there. No one got angry because we were speaking in the name of Jesus. And the anointing come down in that, re in that restaurant. Now, on our date night, we've never had an anointing come down like this. An anointing of the Holy Spirit came into that restaurant and brought a weeping spirit in there. Now, now Henry, he, he, he started speaking in tongues. And not a single person was offended. And everybody was listening. And people just quit eating there for just a little bit. It was an amazing, amazing encounter of ministry. And so, so that happened. Well, we, we did a, a benefit yesterday, an auction benefit. My wife did it for a friend of hers, and it turned out to be really, really good. Uh, and we worked kind of hard yesterday, and then when we got home, I mowed grass, and man, I was just tired. And uh, so Nancy said, I'm hungry. Well, you feed Nancy when she's hungry. Now, don't give her water. You remember, you know, if you give her water, yeah, it grows. Yeah. When she says, I'm hungry, run. Okay. So I said, okay. And she, where do you want to eat? I don't care. I said, well, let's, I don't want to go there. I said, well, let's go. I don't want to go. Well, where do you want to go? I don't care. Anywhere. 
Yeah, yeah, it's normal. Normal. And, and I said, well, let's go over here. I don't want to go over there. Okay. Third time. Where do you want to eat? I told you anywhere. Well, let's go over to Wathena to the dairy barn. I don't want to go out of town. Wathena is out of town? Come on, people. That's three miles. Fine. So I said, well, let's go to Taco Bandito. She said, I'll go. And I thought, that's the worst restaurant in St. Joseph, Missouri. <laughs> my son, my son has mental problems. The one that preached for us, he's got mental issues. Because every time he comes to St. Joe, he wants to eat at Taco Bandito. He says, that is the best place to eat in St. Joe. I said, you're crazy. You need to be on medicine. That is not a, how many of you will agree by an uplifting hand? That is the worst restaurant in St. Joe. Look, you see those hands come up. I know you would. So anyway, this is my message. Thank you. And so we go to Taco Bandito. And, and we, when we go into Taco Bandito, you're not going to believe it, but two L. Woodians come in that I hadn't seen for a long time. And so I said to them, I said, you want to eat with us? You can eat with us. And they said, okay. So we just started talking about old times, and we started doing some things. And the guy looks at me, and here's what he says. He said, I have cancer. I said, you do? He said, yeah, I do. I said, okay. And I knew right then and there, there's an anointing for ministry. An anointing for ministry. So we talked. He changed churches. He was a Baptist. And he changed churches, and he started going to a Methodist church. What's that? But he got a, But they brought in a Russian pastor. How many of you know that the Methodist church in Russia is on fire? like you've never seen before. So the church that he's going to, they bring in a Holy Spirit-filled Russian. And he said to me, he said, is it true that you can anoint with oil? Yeah. He said, well, well my pastor, the other day, he said, when I was in the service, he said, I had, he said, I was in, had, had some experiences. He said, I can't get through after 50 years. Yeah. And he said, my pastor laid hands on me and anointed me with oil and spoke in the name of Jesus and them dreams went away. Yeah. He said, you believe in speaking in tongues? I said, Yeah. He said, so did my pastor. I said, stick with him, that church. So I, he said, but he didn't he? He said, but what, what about, so you know what? I realized something. You got that cell phone? Man, I popped that cell phone out there, and I hit my, my Bible on that cell phone, and I start reading to this guy every, every scripture I could find on healing, every scripture I could find on the baptism. And this old boy, he's sobbing, man. Now, this guy, he's bigger than anybody in this church. Am I telling the truth, Claude? If I give you the name back there, you'd all know him. 
And this guy's sobbing. And I said, now give me your hands. And he gave me his hand. And I said, I'm going to curse that cancer in you from the root up. And you're going to live. And I am going to tell you, man, the presence of God came into Taco Bandito. And people that were sitting around us give reverence to the Lord God Almighty. I didn't know it, but his daughter works at Taco Bandito. That's why he was there. And she came out. She's an older lady. And she came out, and he said, you going to go to church with me tomorrow? And she said, I'll go to church with you. Listen to me. Here's what I want to tell you. There is the power of God that is going across this globe like we've never seen before. And everywhere we go is ministry. Right there if you'll take advantage of it. Listen to me. You don't have to have God show you ministry. If you're sitting there and you're looking, you will see ministry. You will understand ministry. Everywhere you go, there is ministry. And you don't have to be afraid to speak in the name of Jesus. And you don't have to be afraid to use your prayer language if that is what the Lord desires. You don't have to be afraid because of what God does. Now listen to what Jesus said. Ask the Father anything in my name, he'll give it to you. That's what he said. He said this in the 20, he said, I will tell you plainly of the Father. I'm going to tell you this, these things I'm speaking to you. Now listen, there is an anointing that is so powerful in our lives right now that when we're in tribulation, we do not realize that we have been in tribulation until we're coming out of it. This school year is probably the best school year that we've ever had. And just a week or, or, or a week ago or so, we found out we didn't have some students that was returning. And one family I knew wasn't going to return because I called a father in, in my office and I said, we need to talk. And he said, what's that? And I said, your children are just plain rude. And they don't want to come under instruction at all. So I've got a plan for you. He said, what's that? I said, homeschool. Take all of them out of here. There's six of them. I said, take them out of here, homeschool. And I meant that. And I said, I'll bless you. I'll help you in any way I can, but homeschool. Well, you know, there, I planted that seed, I felt like, with a blessing. But you know how people get talking? Now, pay attention to this. Then all of a sudden, we realize something. We're losing half of our student body. And then, when, before you know it, we lost more than our student body, half of it. Friday night, we had our play here, and we had a bigger turnout than what we've ever had. It was one of the best turnouts, maybe the best. And we did not realize until we got in that back room, speaking with the people that, that are staying, how much of an attack we were under. Because Doris goes about her job every day. Pastor Bill goes about his job every day. I go about my job every day. Nancy goes about her job every day. Hey, Sandy comes in and helps, just goes about your job every day. And when Jackie comes in and helps, you guys help every day, every day. 
And, and we did not understand or did, we did not know that we was being attacked like we were. And when this thing all came together, I just sat back and I just kind of chuckled because of how God comes through and intervenes. And this is what he says. He says, do not fear and do not be dismayed, for I will give you more than what you had, and I will give you greater than what you have. And he said, this thing, when it comes to an end, he said, wait till you see how it's going to be. And then God called, uh, came back with, to me with my favorite scripture verse, Isaiah 4610, and what that scripture verse says is, it says, God sees the end back to the beginning. Hallelujah. If God sees the end back to the beginning, he already knows how this thing's going to turn out for us. And all we have to do is just have faith in him and ask him. And when we ask him in anything that we ask him, the Bible says he's going to give it to us. In verse 26, listen to what? He said, these things I have spoken. What did he speak? In verse 26, he said, I will request the Father on your behalf. He's, Jesus saying this, he said, I will request the Father on behalf of this church. I will request the Father on those prayer requests that I give you. I will ask the Father on the request of your school. Listen to what he, he said. Don't get dismayed. And don't let anxiety and fear be a big face in front of you. If you're going to look at anything, he said, look into the face of the Lord God Almighty and just press on towards Zion. And as you press on towards Zion, here's what's going to take place. He said this, and I love it. He said, I knew you before you was formed in, in the womb. He said, before your inward parts even come together, listen to what he said. He said, I have a plan, I have a destiny for you, and if you will just follow my plan, he said, it will come to pass. Paul, Paul teaches the church, and here's what he said. Whom God foreknew, and that whom God foreknew means this. It means before the, the world even was spoken into existence by the Father, he said, whom the Father foreknew, he predestined. And whom he predestined to be conformed into the image of his son, he called. And whom he called, he justified, or he made it just as if we've never sinned, he justified us. And whom he justified, he glorified. Now let me ask you about that person, and God knows the end, back to the beginning. How can we be defeated when God has spoken these things and he said, whatever you ask the Father in my name, my Father will give you. I can take a hold of that young man and say this, I curse that cancer in the name of Jesus, be healed. You say that young man's going to die someday. He is going to die, but not from the cursed thing. Have faith in God. The 28th verse, I like this one. These things Jesus said, I've spoken to you. He said, I'm leaving. He said, I'm leaving. Now it's up to you. Now listen to what he says. He says that you may have peace. Now, now, now pe per people, listen to me. If peace is not reigning in your heart, it should be. If you are born again, listen to me, you should have peace reigning in your heart. 
Because that's who God is. He's peace. And what is peace? You already know that. I've taught you that. It's the absence of malice. It's the absence of bitterness. It's the absence of the presence of the enemy himself. Listen to me. He said, he said peace that he's going to give us. We need to be living in peace. I am going to tell you, Doris, when you and I actually realized what was going on, it didn't even shake our foundation one little bit, did it? Actually, we kind of chuckled, didn't we? Now, here's the reason why. Because every person that we was having trouble with or didn't seem to be coming under discipline, they were the ones that left. So we start next year on a firm foundation. So I'm reading the book of Proverbs last night, and it says, any child that is not disciplined is sorrow to its mother. Any child that is not disciplined is a sorrow to his mother. And we have some young people who are not disciplined, and they will pay the, the mom and dad. They'll, they'll pay the price. So what do we do? We pray for them because we don't want them to do that. But a sorrow. Now Jesus said, the things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. So in Jesus, I have peace. In verse 32, he says this. He says, behold, an hour is coming for you to be scattered. Yeah, they're going to be scattered. Jesus is going to die on the cross. Some things are happening. Jesus is going to go to Gethsemane. Jesus is going to go before Pilate. There's a lot of things that's going to take place. And those disciples, they're going to scatter. He said, now you're going to scatter each to his own home. Everybody say own home. Let me tell you where problems start. In your own home. That's where problems start. In your own home. Listen to me. Gossip is of the enemy and it is so bad that it will destroy like fire. Meddling in other people's business will destroy. Paul called him a busybody. He said, if you're a busybody, he said, you're not doing God's work, you're doing the devil's work. And it takes peace. And when peace is taken away, then anxiety sets in, worry sets in, and then the next day you're operating from is fear. So he says this, that you may have peace. Verse 32, behold, an hour is coming for you to be scattered, each to his own home. Listen to what he says. You will leave me alone. Huh. I like this. He says, in the world you'll have tribulation. In the world you'll have tribulation. In this world you'll have you'll have people if you 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 think that you're you're so spiritual and you're so powerful in God that you're not going to have tribulation. That's a lie you've listened to by the enemy. You you're going to have tribulation. Especially if you're hot for God, you're going to have tribulation. But I, I thought, I always knew when I was in tribulation. God protects us from tribulation. Sometimes we know that we're in the midst of tribulation. But then there's times when you're in tribulation, you don't even know it. 
And guess what? We're walking out of this thing with victory, and we didn't even know we had to walk out with victory because we didn't even know we was in a battle. We was just doing what God was asking us to do. And we was just working, okay? We're working. We're working every day. I mean, if, if, if listen, you, you want to know who works hard? Doris works hard. Bill works hard. Nancy, Nancy works hard. Hey, listen, they work a lot harder than me. And I work hard. Listen, we come to this school, we work hard. And we come to the end of the day. We come to our Wednesday. We're, we're, you know what? I think we, we like that Wednesday off more than any student does. I can only handle two days of school at a time. Monday, Tuesday, get, let me have a day off. Thursday, Friday, give me two days off. I think we should only have school from 9 o'clock in the, in the morning to 11 o'clock in the morning. I'm just teasing. Yeah, you, you do that right there. You don't look that way. But we didn't even know it was in tribulation. And I'm saying, it, isn't God so wonderful to us that we can operate in peace and we can op operate in the power of God and really not understand what the enemy's doing? Because listen, greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world and there is a mighty army of God that is fighting for us. And if we could open up our spiritual eyes to see what God is doing in this world, it's an amazing thing. There is a, there is a battle going on in this building right now. If we could just open up our eyes and see, we would see chariots of fire. We would see the horsemen of God. We would see a fire. Listen, Pastor, Pastor spoke about it this morning. I'm telling you, the devil has been defeated. And when he was defeated, he'll not rise again. Understand that. He said, so that you may have peace. Now, he said, in this world, you have, tri you have tribulation. Here's what Jesus said of himself in verse 33. He said, I'm not alone. I'm going to read it to you. In verse 33, he says, these things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace, uh, and, and in the world tribulation, but take courage, I have overcome the world. Now, in verse 32, this is interesting. He says, listen, he says to them, he says, the hour is coming and has already come, he says, for you to scatter each to his own home and to leave me alone, yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. The Father is with me. And I say, wow, Jesus, the Father's with him. And so he says, in this world, you'll have tri tribulation. Jesus said of himself, I'm not alone because the Father's with me. The Father, the Son, and the Spirit are one. And when Jesus is baptized in the Jordan, he, he is filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes and lights on him. The Spirit of God comes. And when Jesus is in the garden... He is praying, and he's praying with such intensity that his sweat is turned to blood, and Jesus doesn't bleed out, doesn't start to bleed out on the cross. He starts to bleed out in the garden, and then he takes the stripes for our healing. Now he's really bleeding out, and you know a person has to have blood in order to live, so he has to get to Calvary. Now listen, it looks as if the Lord has forsaken him. Now, I'm going to talk a little bit about, about a man named Job. And this is an interesting thing. Jesus, in the, in, in, now, now, I'm going to read to you something here. Proverbs 14, 12. And I want you to hear this. There is a way, 
Can you put it up? Proverbs 14, 12. I think I give it to you. Watch this. There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of destruction. Now, I know that these parents that brought tribulation to this school feel like that they are operating in the right. They use wrong methods. All right. And he said, listen to me. He said, you think you're right, but if you'll pay attention, you don't have to die. Give it to me. He said, because there's a way that seemeth right unto a man, but it is the ways of death. In the plural, in the word ways, put it back up. Watch this. The ways of death. Everybody say ways. It's not way of death. It's waves. There's going to be different things that's going to attack you, that's going to touch you, that's just going to tear you apart. Because it looks right in your eyes, but it's not of God. And so therefore, because it's not of God, then the blessing of God's not going to come with it. Well, if there's not a blessing of God, then the enemy has it. And he said, here's what it's going to result in. It's going to result in death. I'm going to go on here. So Jesus in the garden. This is interesting. He says, take courage, I have overcome the world. Now when he's in the garden, he says, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? When he's on the cross, he's in agony. He is in agony. He's on the cross, he says, my God, my God. When he's in the garden, here's what he says. He said, let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. But he just said in John chapter 16 and verse 32, he said, my father will never leave me. He said, my father will never leave me. And I hear people say all the time and, and that, that, that God left Jesus. Here, I want you to hear this. Christ on the cross is like Job. And Job went through some things. And God allowed these things ha to happen to Job. But here's what, what the Lord said to the devil about Job. He said, you do what you want to do. He said, but you're not going to kill him. He said, because he won't curse me. He said, do what you're going to do, but you can't kill him. And here's what happened to Job. Job was in such a condition that the Bible says that they did not recognize who he was. And then he starts to say some things. He, he, he starts to murmur and he starts to complain. And if he knew the prayer, he would have probably said, what is happening here? And so all of what we call Job's comforters said, well, if you hadn't have sinned, it wouldn't happen to you. And Job says something to the fact, you're crazy. I have not done nothing that accounts for this. That's what he said. And he hadn't done anything. What it was, was he was a righteous man. And he lived for the Lord and the devil hated his righteousness. And all the devil wanted to do was get that man to curse God so that the devil could say, see there, you don't have a one that'll stand for you. And God said, you can do what you want to do, but that man will not curse me. 
And let me tell you something. Then Job is, 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 is he's going on. What, he's in the garden. He's in the garden of Eden. I mean, in the garden of Gethsemane. He has no idea what has taken place in his life. And listen to what he says. I don't know where God is. I can't feel him. We go by feelings all the time. And that's what gets us in trouble because we go by feelings. And Job says, I can't feel him. I can't see him. I have no idea where he's at. He, I can't feel him in front of me. I can't feel him behind me. I can't feel him to the left. I can't feel him to the right. I don't know where he is. Have you ever felt that way? And then he says this, but he knows where I am. And when he hath found me, I shall come forth as gold. At one point in his life, he said this, he said, I need a referee. He says to the Lord, he says to God, he said, I need a referee. He said, I need for someone to intervene between me and you. Because I have no idea what kind of foul play is going on here. I have nothing. I don't know. I need a referee. I need an umpire here. Something needs to take place. Job said, I'll come forth as gold. Now here's what he says. Okay, this thing might kill me. He said, this thing might kill me. He said, I might come to an end by the grave. He said, I don't know. He said, but my flesh will see God. Did he say that, Pastor Don? He said, but my, listen, I'm going to tell you something. It was the power of his testimony. He said, and my flesh shall see God. So I'm looking, I'm looking at this thing, and I have Christ on the cross, and he is filled with the Holy Spirit. He is the Son of God, and He is in the body of a man. And He is taking a beating like Job never took. Christ is feeling the same pain that Job felt. Christ is at the same place where Job was. Listen to what happens is happening here. Christ came as now becoming the referee, the umpire. I'm going to take this away from Pastor Don. He said it in my office. He said, can you imagine Job when Jesus come to the center part of the earth and old Job saw Jesus, his Redeemer. I know my Redeemer liveth. And I said to Pastor Don, I said, can you imagine Adam when Jesus comes into the center part of the earth to lead the captive home? Can you imagine Adam who messed it all up and says, there he is, the Savior of all men, to take care of everything which I messed up. Can you imagine Adam's joy? Can you imagine Job's joy when they saw Jesus? Can you imagine Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? Can you imagine Solomon? Can you imagine David when Jesus came? Can you imagine Isaiah when Jesus came and they said, Here is the Redeemer. He is here. We have a referee in Jesus Christ our umpire. Can you imagine what it was? Listen, here's Jesus on the cross. He's going through the same pain that Job went through. Now, here's what God said about Job. He says to the devil, he said, You can't kill him. 
But listen to what he tells the devil about Jesus. You can kill him. You can kill him. He's been beat up. The Bible says of Job, they didn't recognize him. The Bible says of Jesus on the cross, you could not recognize him. He was so, his face was tore up. His body was tore all to pieces. No broken bones, but his body was tore all to pieces. And even for him to live as long as he lived to get to that cross was an amazing miracle. And here he is on that cross. And he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Have you ever been there? Have you ever been to that place where you thought, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And here's what the Lord whispers. I have not forsaken you. Jesus couldn't feel him in, in, in the front, couldn't feel him in the back, couldn't feel him on the side, couldn't feel him on the left or right. But he made, he made a proclamation to the disciples. Here's what he said in John 16, 32. My father will never leave me. When he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Listen, the devil misconstrued what was going on there. And he thinks that God has, has uh, uh, abandoned his son because understand this one thing. The devil does not understand the thoughts of God. He can read the Bible but doesn't understand it. But here's what he does know. He knows there is a father. He knows there is a son. And he knows there is a spirit. And he knows this. He is no match for them. And why is he in a rage right now? Because his days are short. They are coming to an end. And Jesus is saying, my God, my God, I don't know where you are. But you know where I'm at. And that's what the Lord's saying to you. And that's what he's saying to me. He's saying this, he's saying, in this world, you will have tribulation. Some of the tribulation you're going to know. It's not easy to give a loved one up to death. That's a hard thing. It's not easy when you see divorce take place in a marriage. That's a hard thing. It's a hard thing to see a child pass away. These are hard things. It's a hard thing to, to see your life savings just being robbed out of the bank. It's a hard thing to see some of these things. What's going to be a hard thing is the Bible says that they'll seize your property. They're going to be a false witness against you. It's going to be so real that you'll probably even attack each other. That's the realness of the whole thing. But Jesus already said this, and listen to what he says. He says, when these things take place, he said, start to ask the Father, lean on him, and go to him, because listen to what he says. My God will give you anything if you ask it in my name. That's what he meant. And he meant that in tribulation. You might be going in a tribulation right now. You might be in it. You might be coming out of it. Take courage because God has overcome the world. Jesus has overcome every single thing in your life. There's nothing in your life that the Lord hasn't already overcome. You might not be able to feel him. Listen, it makes no difference if you can feel him or if you can't feel him. The word is still the word. It's still the word. And we don't live by sight and we don't live by feelings. We live by faith in Jesus Christ. 
Somebody say amen to that. We live by faith in this word. And this word will teach us anything we ask the Father in the name of His Son. The Bible says He will give that to us. And we are always asking Him in the name of Jesus in this school. Understand something. We're still prosperous in this school. You love the school. You pray for it. We didn't even know we was in a, in a tribulation. Because if we'd have known, we would have reacted a lot different. If we'd have known what we was going through, we would, I know I'm a type A people. Oh yeah. And I know what we, what, I, I don't know how I would have handled it. Now here's the thing. Job needed a redeemer. But Jesus was the redeemer. My goodness, he needed a redeemer. But Jesus was the Redeemer. And he became the Redeemer through death itself. Because God allowed him to die. And why did he allow him to die? He's going to go into the lower parts of the earth three days and three nights. He is going to destroy death, hell, and the grave on our part. And on the third day, he's going to rise up from the dead. And everything on planet earth from that day to this day has changed. There is a revival taking place right now in this world and you can be part of it or you don't have to be part of it but I'm going to tell you I choose to be part of this revival. I choose to believe that this word right here will, will, will take me through anything that comes my way. This word right here will heal me. This word right here will deliver me. This word is who I am. Now listen to it. He's going to put it up. Proverbs 18.21 Here's how I'm going to get through it, and here's how you're going to get through it. That's hard to bend over. Watch this. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. You speak life, and you're going to live life. You speak death, and you're going to die of the fruit of it. Or you're going to have the fruit of life, but you're going to speak it. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. I like the NIV. I don't like it very much, but the NIV turns around and says life and death is in the power of the tongue. I like that better. And those that eat it, listen, will, will eat the fruit thereof. And that's the way that's going to be. What is your mouth saying to you? What is your mouth saying to your heart? What is your brain doing to you right now? Are you victorious in the Lamb of God or are you living in defeat? Because you don't have to. Because Jesus came to overcome this. He, he said, I came to that you might have over, take courage. I have come, overcome the world. So he, he came so we could overcome the world. Then Job spoke. I'm, I'm about to finish. Then God spoke to Job. Where were you when I? He never answered him any questions. Job's asking questions. Why are you treating me so mean, God? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? And God says, where were you when I created all this? Where were you when I did this? Where were you when I did that? And Job's just feeling shorter and shorter. And, Job, and God is saying, where were you when I hung the stars with my little finger? Where were you when that old moon and that sun started giving its light? Where were you? And Job probably started feeling littler and littler and littler. And then all of a sudden, 
I was with you. You get that? All of a sudden, then Job understands something. Where were you, Job, when I did that? I was with you. The Lord knew us before the foundation of the world was ever laid. And he knows the end back to the beginning. And that's the reason why Doris, Nancy, myself, and Pastor Bill, and Jackie, and, and Sandy, different ones at work, that's why we're not worried. Because God knows the end back to the beginning. Isn't that amazing? Where were you when he did all those? I was with you. I was with you. He already knew me. He hadn't given me a body. I don't get the body till I come to the earth. But he knew me. He knew me. And all of a sudden, then Job starts to feel the victory of the Lord. Why? Because God wasn't saying that to Job, so Job would get smaller and smaller and smaller and feel less and less and less. No, he said that to Job because Job didn't say, I was with you. And if I was with you, then you are able to do whatever. Hey, listen to me, people. Where, when was we created? We were born. I was born June the 26th, 1949. I was just born here. But I'm going to tell you, I was before. And I was in the Lord's mind. He already knew me before he started to speak this into existence. Listen, he's speaking into your life. He said, where were you? Then God spoke to Jesus. And then he says this, it is finished. And when it was finished, the earth started to quake and the rocks started to split and God started to move like you never moved before. No, I, I lied, you heard the still small voice. But when Jesus died, I'm going to tell you the earth, it moved. And the rocks split. And the curtain in the holies of holies was ripped from the top to the bottom. God has never answered anybody that way before. And he's not ever going to answer anybody that way again. That was his son. And his son moved every single thing that had to be moved through his death and resurrection, so that you and I could be overcomers of tribulation. We don't have to stand. We don't have to walk in tribulation. Jesus said, take courage. He said, I've overcome the world. Sometimes you don't know you're in tribulation until you're coming out of it. And so here's what I'm going to say. Take courage. Isaiah 46.10 says this, I'm healed, I'm saved, I'm set free. Isaiah 46.10 says this, I know the end of this thing. So if I know the end of this thing, I can sure get you there, right? You want to follow somebody who's already been on the path or one that's making a path? I'd, like, I'd rather follow somebody that's already blazed the path and it's taken me that way, Right? Calvary blazed the path to heaven. Jesus came into the lower parts of the earth, and the Old Testament saints just went up to heaven with the Lord. But I'm telling you, they never lived in a world like we live. And God's blessing is all over the place. Okay, 
Would, would you take that and move that? Now, now hear me out. We're about to finish here. If you're in tribulation, we'll pray for you. If something's going on in your life and you just need somebody to agree with you in faith, I'm going to do that this morning. I'm going to do it personally. So a lot of times I just have people come up and pray, but I want to do it because I feel the Lord leading me in that area. I, 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 I need to pray that. Listen, God is moving like he's never moved before. He's still God. I was, I was watching the McCameys the other night, and uh, that Peg McCamey, she was singing God on the Mountain. And she old church God lady. And all of a sudden, she said, he's still God. They were singing. And she just started shouting, he's still God. And she couldn't stop herself. He's still God. And off her shoe came, boy. And when them shoes came off, that woman danced all over that stage while they were singing. What? He's still God. And it makes no difference what you're going through. Take courage. Jesus has overcome the world for you and for me. He's still God. That old boy said, he's real. No, he said, it's real. That old boy came in and he was so crippled, wasn't he? In a wheelchair. We didn't know, but the, the stroke had paralyzed his throat and he was just all withered away and they brought him in and old Mark Linder went over there and prevailed in prayer and was praying over him and, and he said it's real he said it's real and then he started running and he said he's real he's real he's real and this guy is running and old Linder's just bawling like you can't believe and he said, Pastor, you don't understand. The stroke took his voice away. And he's a Pentecostal preacher. And God restored that man. Listen to me, people. He's still God. He's still God. You're in a tribulation. You might not know because God has surrounded you and he's taking care of you. But you lean towards him and you might be going into something right now. But I want to pray for you. If you need prayer right now, I want you to come right now. I need prayer for I'll pray for you. And I, and I want you to listen to this. I want you to listen to this. He's never going to leave you. He's not ever going to leave you. He's going to touch you. He's going to, he, he's going to touch you. He's going to move in your life. 